Every Tuesday evening, our friend Dina Marie Hale sits down with Archbishop Alexander Sample in their show, The Voice of the Shepherd. Well, this week, added to the group, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor joins them, and they talked about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the feast day, which is tomorrow. So I pulled a little piece of their show for this week because mm-hmm. it's just so appropriate nice. for the day. You know, the it was a, the great tradition in our faith, and, and, I, and I would hope that we would recapture that tradition of enthroning, actually, mm-hmm. the Sacred Heart in our homes, to have an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, to watch over our, our homes, our families, because it's from the heart of Christ that the mercy of God flows to us. So, I mean, you know, we, we talk about the heart of a person. And, of course, we can talk about, you know, the physical organ, which is the heart. But when we speak about the heart of a person, you know, we're, we're talking about something essential to, to their identity of who they are and how they reveal themselves to us. And so when we focus on the heart of Jesus, the sacred heart of Jesus, we're looking at the very nature of Christ, the very nature of God, who is the revelation of the Father's love. So it's a heart full of mercy, a heart that burns with mercy for us, a heart that was pierced for us, the pierced heart of Jesus, a heart crowned with thorns, yes, that suffered for us and is united to us in our sufferings. I think when I look at at the crown of thorns around the heart of Jesus in that image, I, I think of how he unites himself to us as, as we kind of wear our own crown of thorns uh, as in the sufferings of life. But it's from that heart that flows the grace and the mercy that we need um, to, to sustain ourselves, to be sustained by him in our journey of faith, in our, in our desire to receive all that God uh, you know, has in store for us in heaven. Uh, to, to help us along our pilgrim way. And I like, quite honestly, the fact that the, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus is closely connected to the, to the Feast or the, the Memorial of the Immaculate Heart of His Mother Mary, you know, because it's, it's her heart as well, united to His, that brings us these wonderful graces of, of our God. Back in my old parish in Massachusetts, we started the devotion to the Sacred Heart on the first Fridays. And there were lots of little things that just happened, which were quite strange, and it sort of helped. And so uh, we had Mass in the morning at 8.30 uh, or 9 o'clock. It was a late Mass. I could get up late in those days. It was, it was well, easy, like an you. easy schedule, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, um, we started doing the first Friday devotions. And a gentleman said to me once, um, you know, I can't come to the 9 o'clock Mass. I've got to work. You know, he said, would you consider putting on an evening Mass for first Fridays? And being a lazy priest as I am, I said, well, no, I've got enough on my plate. I've got a school to run, and what if I get a funeral that day and all this sort of stuff? I decided to do it, and it just took off. Hmm. We'd get 100 people to Mass in the evenings. Really? And, yeah, and more or less, I may have done it once, I never got a funeral on a first Friday. It was amazing. Wow. You know, because I was quite, I didn't want to say, you know, three Masses on the day and things like this. All these little things. People started having their thro- uh, their houses enthroned, mm-hmm. and suddenly it was the um, the oh, Sacred Jesus Heart Mary. Fathers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they organised an enthronement. So people started getting their houses enthroned, and um, there was one lady in my parish who had six adult children. All six adult children practised their faith, and their kids practised their faith. And I said to Maggie once, <laughs> I said, "Tell me." what you put this down to. And she said, the enthrone of the Sacred Heart in my house. Wow. We had that done when we, our, our kids were little. And she says, I always prayed to the Sacred Heart. Mm. I always encouraged them when they left the house and when they came back in the house. 
and she, you know, and that was an amazing story. So we've had all this experience over the years of, of just these wonderful stories and people, you know, taking up the first Saturday devotions, obviously the confessions on that day. Even now at the cathedral on the first Saturdays, I hear my uh, confessions after the morning mass. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's a beautiful devotion. It really is. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things that, you know, unfortunately, you know, and I think this started uh, probably in the wake of, of the Second Vatican Council. And again, this is not to blame the Second Vatican Council for anything because, you know, the, the, the council did uh, far from it discourage devotions. But there was a sort of a, a spirit in the air of the time that, that tended to uh, poo-poo uh, devotions, you know, and the devotional life of, of the Catholic, you know, whether it was the praying of the Holy Rosary, whether it was Eucharistic adoration, yeah, which yeah, I know you definitely. talked about before. I mean, I had never seen, I, I mean, I grew up and went to Catholic grade school and, and, and high school. I had never seen Eucharistic. I had never seen the Blessed Sacrament exposed in a monstrance until I was well into my college years. Because it just wasn't, it wasn't encouraged anymore. And so devotions like devotion mm, to the yeah. sacred heart of Jesus were sort of set aside, uh, kind of, uh, you know, considered a little bit, you know, maybe uh, too simple and for the simple minded. And maybe even some people maybe even uh, tried to associate, you know, superstitious kind of uh, attachments that people had to these things. And I think it's been a tremendous loss, mm-hmm. a tremendous yeah. loss for our people. There's a great richness to them. And I think another thing that came after the council was we were very focused on ecumenism. And some of these things that we do as Catholics uh, don't go down mm-hmm. too well <laughs> in hardened Protestant circles, like uh, Marian devotions, etc., sacred heart, things like this. Things that have been in private revelations through the centuries that have been just, you know, the, the faithful have grasped onto and loved them as nourishment for their prayer life. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff doesn't go well when we're talking to other non-Catholic Christians about uh, the, the the fundamentals. This is the sort of, you know, the, the extras, if you like. So I think that was part of what mm-hmm. happened after the council. So serious uh, ecumenical dialogue didn't want anything to do with these sort of devotions. And I think that, <clears throat> as I said, the, the impoverishment of it, though, is these, these are the sorts of things that sort of uh, built a Catholic culture yeah. um, among our people. We, we understood these devotions. We participated in these devotions, a devotion to the Sacred Heart and, and others. And it, it sort of united us. It, it, it identified us. Uh, it characterized who we were. We shared a common kind of a devotional spirituality. So I, I think when, when these things were sort of set aside, ignored, maybe even denigrated a little bit, Again, I think it. I think it's really has had a profound effect on this, the diminution of a, of, a, of a sense of Catholic culture among our people. So that's why you know I think uh, these kinds of devotions are beautiful, and they don't detract anything. You Not know, at all. there was a lot of there was a lot of. Well, of course, you know, and, and you would know this yourself, Monsignor, as a liturgical expert and scholar, that um, you know, with a great emphasis on on the the renewal of the sacred liturgy. That it was felt like, well, anything that uh, it could be perceived as taking away from the celebration of Mass, like devotions and things, we need to focus on the Mass. We need to focus on the celebration of the Eucharist. We needed to do this. And so we had to let these other things go because somehow they were seen as distractions when they were never that. They actually lead us to mm-hmm. the celebration of the sacred liturgy and flow from the celebration of the sacred liturgy. So there's no, there's no conflict here as, mm-hmm. as, as some would perceive it. 
And that's just a clip of the voice of the shepherd with our Archbishop Alexander Sample. It's a kind of rare that they have an extra guest. It's yeah. happened before. Monsignor O'Connor's been on there. You can, uh, you know, of course, hear their friendship there. And uh, I would recommend to all of our listeners, please go to our webpage. This one's Tuesday's show. So you can listen to the full podcast of that show on our webpage at matradayradio.com. Of course, you're going to be able to access it too on the Hail Mary Media app. Such a great show, Voice of the Shepherd. We don't always get to hear our Archbishop because his travels around the diocese every week, but you can listen to him every single week on that show. So I encourage you again. You can also set up your Hail Mary media app to alert you. Well, every time there is a new podcast of the show, of course, you can check out our full program lineup at materdayradio.com.